right, brother, Genesis 47. I, we'd updated the contact sheet. I can't keep them called an alert roster. That's just all that's ever been in my life. Uh, I guess if I'm, if I'm calling down the list and you have to call one another, we've we got some troubles. Going. We have some calamities coming, don't we? But a contact list, it's got the birthday addresses and uh, emails and phone numbers. I printed out about 10 copies. They're front and back. They're on the back table. If anybody like a hard copy, you're welcome to it, or I can email them later. Um, Genesis 47. We have uh, several not here today. Brother Bob's <clears throat> ill. And uh, he said that he tested negative for COVID, but he's just in bad shape, wasn't able to make it. And Brother Matt's been unable to work for a while, and uh, Deanne's laid up sick. They came, but had to turn around and leave right again. Audrina's real ill. She's vomiting pretty heavy and um, and others. Other people with troubles. And they might die today. There's an appointed time for everybody. Everybody's going to die. It might, there's young people that die, and there's old people that die, and there's sick people that die, and there's health people just die, and awake people and asleep people. And all will die. There can be arguments made and split hairs over the ones that transcended and those that were not. Enoch and those that went up into the heavens. But someday there's going to be a final day. And what's going on now is going to stop, and we're going to meet the Lord. That's going to happen. A Hebrew writer said, It's appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. The argument can be made it was appointed to man to die in the garden for those that were transcended. We're all dead in trespasses and sins. That's how we come into this world, born of Adam. But there'll be judgment. We're in judgment right now sinning against God. That's why this body decays. That's why this world's so wicked. That's why I've got to kick people out of this parking lot doing drugs in the mornings, on Sunday mornings, before services start, and everything else in between. That's why they, there's other churches <laughs> lying to people because of judgment. That's God's judgment. It took his hand off people. But after that manner that it's appointed us to die once, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. I want to be interested in that. I want him to be my concern. One of two things is going to happen. Either we will be dead to sin or we will die in our sins. But death's coming. Death's coming. How much better to die to self, to be dead to sin, to die to this world, to die to family, to die to friends, to die to jobs, to die to whatever it is. Now and and our life be Christ. And then when we physically die, then for me to live Christ, for me to die is gain. That's what the scriptures say, right? How much better that than to die in our sins? What we have here in Genesis 47 is not a story of an old father saying goodbye and giving his last will and testimony to his favorite son. We do not have a father that's speaking what his wishes are to the executor of his estate. He had one. Lord blessed mightily. That's not it. Oh, no. That's not it. This is both how sinners are saved while we are living here in this Egypt. We're in Moab right now. 
you could say the economy's booming, you could say the economy ain't booming or whatever. But right now, this is where we are on this earth. We're in Egypt. And either this is how the Lord saves sinners while we're here. It's a good picture of that. But this is also a picture of when he has saved one and us leaving this world. This is a good way to die. That's the title of my message. A good way to die. Best way to die. <laughs> Best way. I'm not in the business. My, my sole purpose, Paul said, I, I, Lord didn't send me to baptize. Did Paul baptize folks? Of course he did. But that ain't his goal. That ain't his his purpose, his motivation. And, and I'll, I'll see how many people I can baptize. That's not what, now, did he do it? Yeah. Of course he did. It's not my business to teach people how to live. Is this what this scripture says? Do I want to live and bring honor to my God or do I want to bring reproach to him? That ought to be common sense. That ought to come with faith. It's good common sense. And there's a lot here. And I know what this word says. I know what I'm convicted on. And I'll tell you what it means as we go through and expound the scriptures through expositional preaching and experiential preaching. And hopefully that's evangelical. And people see their sin and come to Christ like those chickens to the legs, right? But that ain't my job to teach people how to live. I can't teach nobody nothing. It's my job to teach you how to die. That's my business. Because you're going to die. And, and the Lord sent me to help you if you let me. I want to help San Diego County best I can to die. I pray they die now. And not in their sins. This has to happen for us that are his. Look at verse 29. Genesis 47, verse 29. <clears throat> Genesis 47, 29. And the time drew nigh that Israel must die. This, this is needed. Like David crying out for mercy, we must die now. now right now. Today's the day of salvation. Right now. It don't matter what happened. I don't care about 13 years ago. I don't care what happened to me when I was 16. Those things don't matter. don't matter what happened last week. It don't matter that conference we attended and got warm and fuzzy. I'm alive right now. I'm in this body right now, and I need to die right now to sin, to self, to the law. Everything has to be dead to me, and he has to be everything to me, or I'm going to perish in my sins. I need him right now. For Israel... It says, the time to deny that Israel must die. Israel, what's that? Princes with God. Jacobs, right? Us Jacobs, <laughs> we must die. This body's going to die. That time's appointed. But if you're a true Israel, we will die in this body and be born again while we're here. How will that happen? Or what, what, what's going to take place if the Lord causes that to happen? If the Lord comes and slays us, and sin revived and I died, is that what the scriptures say? If what if our sin revives today and I die? What's going to take place? Verse 29 says, The time drew nigh that Israel must die, and he called his son Joseph. Call on the son. Call on the son. How? 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 That's not prevalent in our culture to respect our elders that's going away swiftly but in some other cultures that's still pretty prevalent but this was huge then uh you children are to be seen and not heard <laughs> speak when spoken to this is normal 
you're around adults. Hush. I saw five-year-olds correct 35-year-olds. Like, that's not how you do it. I don't think it's that way. Who are you? You're this tall. <laughs> you don't know what taxes are. Get out of here. Hush. I don't know nothing. This should be seen and not heard. This is prevalent for 6,000 years, and for some reason in the last couple of decades, we've lost our minds. But That's why we have to enter into that. That has to be said, or we can't understand the Scriptures. When our Lord spoke in Matthew 22, the Pharisees were gathered together, and he asked them, Christ asked them, and he said, What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? Is this a technical question? This is God Almighty teaching something. We ought to listen. And they said unto him, He's the son of David. And he said, How then doth David in the spirit call him Lord? He gave him the answer. <laughs> How does he in the spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said unto my Lord, Set thou on my right hand, till I make thine enemies thy footstool. If David then called him Lord, how is he his son? That it could not enter into the brain of those people. Like, well, it's my great-grandson, my great-great-grandson, or my son, or whatever. As my descendant, I'm the elder. This is impossible. This is impossible. And no man was able to answer him a word, neither does any man ask him from that day forth any more questions. This just blows our mind. How could, how could David give up his seniority and his rights as somebody that was older to bow to God? Well, easy. He was in the spirit. He had a new one. <laughs> Lord gave him a new heart. I think that played out in our day. Uh, uh, old brother Henry couldn't preach no more. And so he filled in some as he could physically. His body gave over. And he moved and sat underneath his son, Paul. And uh, Now, Henry had been preaching for 50-some years, right? Probably preached a long time, but Henry was, he was the senior man. And, and Henry would get up and fill in sometimes, and you know what he would, in wisdom and in tenderness, tell those people? Now, you all remember, our pastor told us this. How could he call him his pastor? He taught, he's the one that preached to him when the Lord saved him. What? How is that possible? I get it. Do you? That's man God sent him, and he was thankful. What's that going to do about me and my pride and my position and my intelligence and my rights and my rightfulness? It's about him. That's dying to self, bound to the Lord. We are to call on the Son. And Genesis 47, 29, And the time drew nigh that Israel must die. And he called his son Joseph, who's been a picture of Christ, we've been looking at for a long time, and said unto him, If now... I have found grace in thy sight. Do you get that? Do you see how precious that is? If. Does it say if in your Bible? If. Jacob, speaking to his favorite son Joseph, was humbled enough to ask correctly. Did he come in and say, I heard grace is getting handed out here today. I want mine. I got it coming to me. He said if. He didn't have an attitude of, do you remember all the things I've done for you, son? Let me preface this. Even sweet, right? Being sweet and tender and kind in his old age. And be like, I fathered you. I raised you. I changed your diapers. You're, you're, you're my favorite. You know that. You, do you remember that, that coat I made you in many colors? That was just for you. That wasn't for anybody else. And, and whenever I, they told me you died, they lied. I whipped them good because it was their fault. But, but I wept for you. Whenever they told me that my son wasn't alive no more. And that, that thing, and I blamed them. I did. I knew it wasn't your fault. I, I knew better. I knew. Did he say anything? He says, if. If. 
if I found grace in thy sight. Like we looked at that sovereign mercy, there's sovereign grace. The Lord will be gracious to whom he will be gracious. Do we come in and say, we figured this out, and now I found somebody that's preaching the way that I figured it out in the Bible? No, God sends the gospel to us, and we bow to it, and if he's pleased, he'll be gracious to us. Lord, if you will. Isn't that what we pray? Thy will be done. Did he teach us that? If. If I found grace in thy sight. You see the picture of coming to Christ? We don't come demanding him to do something for us because we earned it. We come pleading. That's the spirit. That's the spirit that David said, the Lord said to my pleading. If, if, if he's so pleased, if it's his will, that's what will happen. And we need him to be grace, gracious in mercy, don't we? It says, in the time drew nigh that Israel must die, and he called his son Joseph and said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh. What's that mean? Well, we go to a commentary, and they say, that's a sign of a covenant back in them days. And we go, okay, and we keep going. Oh, that's terrible, isn't it? This was foreshadowed. Look back in a few pages. Genesis 24. Genesis 24. Abraham needed a bride for his son. Oh, Eleazar was there. Boy, what a servant. That was one that get the letter to Garcia. Picture of Christ, too. But a picture of his the Lord's servants. and He's going to send him out to get that bride, to go fetch the bride and bring the bride to the son. What a task, huh? Genesis 24, verse 1. And Abraham was old and well stricken in age. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. Genesis 24, verse 1, verse 2. And Abraham said unto his eldest servant of his house that ruled over all that he had, Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh, and I will make thee swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that thou shalt not take a wife unto my son for the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell, but thou shalt go into my country and to my kindred and take a wife unto my son Isaac. That's a picture of that covenant. They put that hand underneath the thigh. And, and what that meant in those days is this is this is beyond pinky swearing. Okay? This is the covenant. But you know, I I dwelled on that a long time and I thought of something else had to do with the thigh. Would you turn over to Genesis 32? This here's the very one Jacob. He learned this from his father, but it wasn't just a good time bed story. This was an experience. Genesis 32. Verse 24, this is when the Lord came to Jacob. and Remember, he made his pillow a rock, and then that pillow became a pillar. Worship God. What he laid his head on and rested is what he ended up worshiping, wasn't it? <clears throat> Genesis 32, the Lord came to him and wrestled him. Verse 24, and Jacob was left alone. Genesis 32, 24. Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. What pain that would be. To dislocate your hip. Well, that's where, well, I know we, it's pretty well pleased because we're taught from age, oh, I love you from the heart. And that's where this thing that goes thump, 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 thump in our chest is, right? Right there is where everything hinges. <laughs> you ain't, if you sneeze and your hip's out of socket, you're going to know it. If you wiggle your pinky toe and your hip's out of socket, you're going to know it. You got him right in the thigh, but that's where all the arteries run through, right in the middle, isn't it? 
He touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint, and he wrestled with him, verse 26, and he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What's thy name? This is a blessing. It's a blessing to be taught your name's Jacob. The heel, heel catcher, supplanter. You know, that's what they call in professional wrestling. Let's say it right. In wrestling, if they're the, they're, if they're the person that plays the bad guy, they're called the heel. I wonder if they got that from this. Maybe, maybe, a, maybe a child of God. Paul was into wrestling, wasn't he? <laughs> he liked boxing and running and sports. It's a blessing. What's your name? And he said, Jacob. Where did all that take place? It took place right when that thigh was popped out of joint, right when weakness came in, right when inability came in. Wasn't it? Back in our text, Genesis 47, verse 29. And the time drew nigh that Israel must die, and he called his son Joseph and said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh. Put your hand under my thigh. You, you this is a picture of a, Child of God coming to Christ, you support my brokenness because I'm broke. You support my inability. I have no ability. And by doing that, you promise to carry me. I'm going to come to you if, if, if it pleases you. If you'll be gracious, you carry me. I can't walk. I can't. You carry me before. You've sent witnesses and wagons. I'm 147. I'm not doing jumping jacks. Can't do my old. It's 130 when he did that. You want you got to pack up everything you want and move across the country because that's where Christ is. I can't do that. If the Lord's willing, you will. He'll put his hand under your thigh and take you and carry you. That's what he said. Take my inability. Take and you promise to carry me. He said, If I found grace in thy sight, I pray thee, put I pray thee thy hand under my thigh and deal kindly and truly with me. Couldn't he just said deal kindly with me? Couldn't he just said deal truly with me? He said both, and God's preserved this for a long time. Deal kindly with me. That word is loving kindness. Deal with me first. If I found grace in your sight, I'm broken. I've come to you. If you're pleased, you deal with me in loving kindness, specifically loving kindness. David uses 21 times in the Psalms. That's a lot. He said in Psalm 36, How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God! Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. Remember last hour? If he deals with us in loving kindness, he'll give us enough sense to run to his feet. <laughs> he'll give us that instinct, that nature that clings to him. Like Jacob clung to him when he popped his thigh. You see how it's all ties together? Shadow of the wing, the light, because he gave us all. He got, me, he got me in the thigh right where I bend. Can't do nothing. That's loving kindness. He said in Psalm 138, he said, I will praise thee with my whole heart before the gods, lowercase g, will I sing praises to thee, I don't care who's around. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. You do with me in loving kindness. The Lord, you know what he said he'd do to Gomer? He said, I will betroth thee unto me forever. We're going to get married, Gomer. Yea, I will betroth thee unto me in righteousness. I will betroth thee unto me in judgment, in loving kindness, and in mercies. You talk about it. I wish I'd have proposed that way. You're going to be mine in loving kindness and mercies, tenderness. I will even betroth thee unto me in faithfulness. And thou shalt know the Lord. And the time drew nigh that Israel must die. Verse 29. 
And he called his son Joseph and said unto him, If, if now I have found grace in thy sight, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh and deal kindly and loving kindness and truly with me. I want you to be tender and, and that mercy's tender, isn't it? I want you to do it with me kindly. I want you to do it with me in loving kindness. I'm broken. You have to carry me, but I want you to deal kindly and I want you to deal truly. I want you to deal in truth. I want you to deal in justice, justly with me. That's a hard ask. You gotta, you gotta have some understanding to ask that. So there's been a meaning. You, deal, you give me what I got coming to me. Don't you dare give me what I got coming to me. If you know what you got coming to you. How can somebody, how could a new spirit that David had in him say, you do with me in just, justice. You do with me truly. Truly. On the level. I want everything square. Turn over to Psalm 51. <clears throat> Psalm 51. Verse 1. Have mercy upon me, O God. He asked that a lot, didn't he? Do you ask that a lot? Do I? Do I ask for mercy a lot? Or am I doing okay? Have mercy upon me, O God, according to, in direct proportion. This is what I need. This is how much mercy I need. According to thy loving kindness. According to, unto the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me throughly from mine iniquities. And cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression. My sin is ever before me. Here's, here's the truth. We want truth. Start telling the truth. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. That's, that's the, we may have seen it. That's what that prodigal son came saying, wasn't it? You, 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 you've sinned against me. I've sinned against you. We've sinned against God. That's, we got bigger fish to fry than my feelings. I've sinned against him. Somebody was late one time and told me they apologized for being late. So don't apologize to me. It's the Lord's house. I got a job to do. I'm going to do it whether you show up on time or not. It's God you was late to. It's true. Against thee and thee only, verse 4, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. That, he's telling the truth, thou might mightest be justified when thou speakest and clear when thou judgest. We'll get it all on the table, Lord. I'm the sinner. You're the Savior. That's God-given knowledge right there. That's a God-given understanding. It's not facts like, oh, well, look up a dictionary. This is what this says. No, I'm the sinner. You're the Savior. And I, you came to save sinners. I want this done in truth. Do you want this done in pretend? Do you want this done as if? Romans 3, look over there. Paul got, got this. Romans 3. I need that loving kindness. If if he chooses to be gracious, I can't do it myself. Your hands want to be underneath my thigh and carry me. And I need you to deal kindly and loving kindness. And I need you to deal truly. And justice and truth on the level. Romans 3, verse 23. David had said there in Psalm 51, I'm the sinner. Paul reiterates, for all have sinned. 
Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remissions of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this time, his righteousness. You have your own righteousness? I, 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 he's the Lord, my righteousness. I don't want to admit he is. I want that to be my last name. Is that what you want to be your last name? That's whereby she shall be called the Lord our righteousness? That he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. How did you believe in him? I figured him out. I sorted him. I found him. He wasn't lost. <laughs> he gave you a new spirit like David had and everybody else has had that he's saved to believe on him. Somebody preached to you and you heard because you had a new heart in you that understood and you came to him. Where's boasting then? Verse 27, it's excluded. By what law? Of works? Nay, but the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man's justified. It's right. By faith without the deeds of the law. When the Lord saves somebody, if, he, if he's gracious and he carries us because we're unable and he's dealt with us in loving kindness, it's in truth. It's just. And he has justified us. It's true. It's perfectly, this is really hard for me to say, it's perfectly right and acceptable the Lord, the triune God made a covenant among themselves and, then, and the Holy Spirit abounded to me in loving kindness and made me aware of it in truth, in Christ. And it's absolutely right for me to walk in the glory in the presence of God. That's, that's true. It's right. It's just. I don't have the, I don't have the, it's right for me to go to my, my parents' house when they was alive. I didn't kick the door open and say, I'm here. <laughs> I still, I still not still respected their home, didn't I? But it's right, absolutely right. Scripture says so. Don't Back in our text, there's something else we pray. <clears throat> Verse twenty nine, Genesis forty seven twenty nine. David had said that on his deathbed, didn't he? Because of that covenant, he said, "Although my house be not so with God, yet He hath made with me an everlasting covenant." Ordered in all things and sure. For, there's a colon there. I'll memorize that colon too. For this is all my salvation. And this is all my desire. I want you to deal kindly with me. I want you to deal truly with me. I want this legitimate. Don't leave me to myself. Don't leave me here in Egypt. Where I'm a stranger. This isn't my home. This is my, I fared well. As I remember always, Maurice said he was in Okinawa. He got along just fine. That wasn't his home. I've been to other parts of the world. I got along fine. I worked hard. My bosses were kind to me. Uh, but I didn't live. That wasn't my home. This earth ain't my home. This Egypt ain't my home. I might be in the best. We, we got the best land. We got Goshen right now for a season. However long the Lord's pleased, we can come hear his word. We have green pastures to lie down in. We have rivers of, of still water. That's deep. Deep waters are still. Shallow waters are. Blah, 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 blah. Ain't got no depth to it. He makes slides next to them deep waters and he feeds us. We got Goshen right now, but this ain't my home. I want to go home. And I don't want to be left to myself. I know people that they say that they 
believe Christ and that they're his and they love him and, and they're alone. And I hit my heart breaks for them. If they are, oh, at best case scenario, they're sick. They're sick. Sheep, sheep are herd animals. I don't want to be left alone. I won't be left here in Egypt. Verse 29, and the time drew nigh that Israel must die. It's going to happen to all of Israel. <laughs> and he called his son Joseph and said unto him, for now, or if now, I have found grace in thy sight. Put, I pray thee, thy hand under my thigh and deal kindly and truly with me. Bury me not, I pray thee, in Egypt. Don't leave me here. Do we really think that? Do we love it here? Why have I been here so long? I have so much stuff. Well, I've been here four years. Kim was cleaning out closets. The other day. She said, you know how much stuff we got for you? <laughs> what Joseph tell Jacob here's your wagons leave all your stuff <laughs> I don't want to live here we have an old nature that loves Egypt it's the best thing since sliced bread and that old man has a world in his heart just like everybody else has a world in their heart but we have a new spirit we have a new mind we have a new creation in us doesn't want to be here bury me not I pray thee in Egypt verse 30 but I will lie with my fathers, and thou shalt carry me out of Egypt and bury me in their burying place. Bury me. What's that a sign of? They are laid to rest is what we say, right? I'm going to be buried. My Lord was buried and had me a plot picked out. Like Abraham buried his wife. And that was like $135,000 or something modern. Back that was a couple years ago. $250,000 in a day's money. That's an expensive burial plot, wasn't it? My Lord was buried. I want to be buried. What is that? It's a picture of rest. A picture of dying to this earth, to not be in it. To dwell there, because that's where a body stays. It don't get up and walk out if it died. Bury me. Let me rest. Let me dwell where my fathers rest and where they dwell. Not just physically. Did they take his bones and go? Yeah, they did. But where our forefathers? Abraham's called the believers fathers. Did you know that? They came to the Lord there in John 8, and they said, Abraham's our father. And these are physical Israelites, right? Physical descendants of Abraham. And Jesus said, and then if, they didn't come to him saying, if you'd let us, if you'd be gracious, we'd be Abraham's children. The Lord said, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. If you was your daddy, you'd be like your daddy. Our father Abraham, isn't it? Paul cleared that up some in Romans 9. He said, they're not all Israel, which are of Israel. The whole world's in a calamity right now. That's their calamity of what's going on over in a physical place we set up back after World War II. Paul, the, God's word says Israel ain't what you think it is. They're not all Israel that are of Israel. There's some there. Neither because they're a seed of Abraham. The physical seed, the offspring, are they children? But in Isaac shall thy seed be called. I lie down in green pastures, the, sa the exact same green pastures by the same hand that commanded me to lie down as Abraham did. Do you? I'm underneath the wings in the shadow of that same shadow by the same feet that them other hands or chicks were brought underneath that hand. Are you? I want to lie down where they lie down. I want to rest where they rest. I want to dwell where they dwell. Not that I will be, I mean, it'd be nice to meet them. We'll know them. I don't know how that's going to work, but. There's Abraham. Huh. We're going to be with our Lord. 
verse 30. But I will lie with my fathers, and thou shalt carry me out of Egypt. Can't do it myself. And bury me in their burying places. And he said, Joseph said, I will do as thou hast said. I'll do it. Save, Lord. Save. I'll do it. Glorify your name. I'll do it. <laughs> Receive all the glory for this. You better believe it. He said, I will do as thou hast said. What a promise, isn't it? What if God would make that effectual to us and give us ears to hear? And he says, I'm the doer thereof. I'm going to do it. Wouldn't that be something? But you know what would happen? We're weak in the flesh. Is that enough for you? Jacob's already said that one day, but that day passed. And he said, it's enough. This is enough. I want to hear it one more time. I've heard enough. I'm good to go. So the attitude of some. Isn't it? Or do you want to hear it one more time? Being that, being that the only whorehouse that was standing in Jericho after they stormed around it. Can you imagine? There's a red light over top of this place at night. I got here. I was here late last night, here real early this morning. And I thought, how appropriate. <laughs> That's good. You think they sit there? How many times they say to let that cord down? What color was Is it the right shade? That crimson? Did you, tie, did you tie it good, Rahab? He said at the end of verse 30, I will do as thou hast said. I want to hear it again. Verse 31. And he said, Jacob said, swear unto me. Swear unto me. And he swear unto him. Again and again, didn't he? Turn to Hebrews 6. Hebrews 6. <clears throat> Verse 13. For when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely, blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. I give you my word. I'll be there tomorrow at 7 a.m. <laughs> I might be, I might not be, but that'll, that'll calm you down, won't it? Until it doesn't happen. Thank God, verse 17, wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, he confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge the shadow of his wings to lay, uphold, lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. I don't know why I want to touch on this, but the anchor, uh, I've been looking at a lot of boats over my years. Uh, <clears throat> I can tell you what a Mantis 25 looks like, but if you see the anchor, it ain't doing its job. It's in the boat. If an anchor's doing its job and is sure and steadfast, you don't see it. You can feel that it's keeping you steady, but you don't really see everything it's doing, do we? Verse 20, whether the forerunner is for us entered, Jesus, 
made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Swear it to me. He said, I'll swear it double to you. This is my counsel and my word and my oath. It's done. We have a forerunner. We have an empty tomb. Like I said, this is, this is how a sinner, the Lord brings us to him. The things he shows us, things we experience, what we cry out for, what he promises, doubly. This is a good way to die, too. I've seen some people on their deathbeds. I've seen them close their eyes and that last breath exhale from their lungs. I want to die looking to him. I want to die remembering his promises. What's going to happen back in our text? What will happen if the Lord shows us our end? Ecclesiastes says the living will lay it to heart. It's better to be in a house of mourning than a house of feasting, isn't it? What if the Lord shows us our end and we come to the Son and we find grace in His sight and He makes a covenant with us and He carries us because we're unable and He deals with us in loving kindness and He deals with us in truth and this isn't pretend. It's not as if. This is so. And he carries us. And he promises to us. And then we, we have unbelief. And he swears it to us again. What, what's somebody going to do if he does that for me? Has he done that for me? Has he done that for you? Has he done that for us? What's going to happen if he does that? There's an outcome. There, there's only two sides to offense. I like to get a hold of them fences and just shake them. <laughs> Go and land on one side of the other. And to be like, well, that was interesting. I have a lot to ponder at home. That's a side of the fence. If God does this, there's a reaction. Look here, there's a, there's a response to his ability. There's a reaction to his action, isn't there? Verse 31, Genesis 47, 31. And he said, swear unto me. And he swear unto him. And Israel, that's us Jacobs, given a new name by God. Israel bowed himself Upon the bed's head, he bowed himself. I looked that word up. I don't know if he just bent over because he was sitting on the bed and his hip was all messed up. You know, you start thinking things through. Not that it's a set thing, right? But we ponder God's word throughout the day. And I was like, well, you know, we didn't get a ruler out and measure it and get algorithms to figure out if he hit his head or not. He bowed. What's that word mean? That means prostrate. Another translation's obeisance. Remember? I want to be a remembrancer. Look back at Genesis 37. I'll close. I'll quit you. Genesis 37. Verse 9. Joseph had dreamed a dream and told his brothers, y'all going to bow down to me, you sheaves. This is what I saw. And they said, What? <laughs> Ended up throwing him in a pit because of it. But something else, he had another dream. Verse 9, Genesis 37, 9. He dreamed yet another dream and told his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the 11 stars made obeisance to me that bowed down their head. And he told it to his father and to his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? That's our old nature is to rebuke everybody else instead of be rebuked, isn't it? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee, to the earth? 
You mean I'm going to make obedience to you? Remember what I said about this, how can the father call the son? Dave, how could David call him Lord? That spirit wasn't there yet in that relationship, was it? You mean to tell me I'm going to submit to a man that's my son, that's younger than me, that I've changed diapers? Are you crazy? What happened years later? He come, he said, if, you'll, if I could find grace in your sight, you carry me in love and kindness, truly, in truth, in justice. Make this right. Now, that you, I know you said it, and I swear it to me. And then he said, I swear it. And he bowed down his head and made obeisance. You know what that tells me? What's it tell you? If the Lord said it, it's going to come pass. As my dad said, hide and watch it. <laughs> you can take it to the bank. If he says it, it's going to come to pass. He's promised it to his people. And they, they worship him because of it. Wouldn't that be a good way to die? Worshiping the Lord. Making obedience. Wouldn't that be a good way to die to self today? And bow to him? That'd be a good thing, wouldn't it? I'd like, I pray it for everybody here that we bow to his feet before he takes us home, before he comes. <laughs> he makes us dead to self and alive unto God in him. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, glorify your son. We ask your will be done, that you do what you promised you will do. Make us grateful for those things. Make us see the loving kindness in your word, your tender mercies, and that this is true. This is just, it's right, and it's finished. This is done, Lord. Let us rest in the doer of the thing. Let us rest in Christ. Be with our brethren that are sick and suffering the trials that you've sent them as you've promised you will be. And give us a word of comfort for them. Lord, help us through our calamities. Make us bow. Be merciful to us as we go through the trials that you've sent. Make us grateful. It's because of Christ we ask it. Amen.